This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, the title of my message today is called The Platforms. The Platforms. You don't hear a whole lot talk about the platforms, but the platforms are extremely important that you know what they say. Psalms 33:12 says, "Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord." Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, but also blessed is the state whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the county whose God is the Lord, and blessed is the city whose God is the Lord. Right? You just can't, you know, think, well, all I care about is my city when you don't care about your county or your state or your nation. That's not going to fly. You've got to have to all have all this stuff together. I want you to open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20. Some of you may not, and while you're turning there, I'll just tell you a little story. Um, some of you may not know this, but uh, my ancestors on my mother's side came over on the Mayflower, which is super cool. It's all been researched and blah, blah, blah. Back to uh, England, back to Holland during the 1700s when the people that uh, wanted to come over on the Mayflower, oh, gee, I'm going to get into my Mayflower story. Okay, the people that wanted to go over on the Mayflower the first time, or, or that come to America the first time, the captain of the ship ratted on them, and they sent all the men to prison for a year. They didn't have welfare or any of that kind of stuff, so the women and the children were were forced to fend for themselves for the year, for the for a whole year. In the meantime, uh, they moved to Leyden in Holland, where one of the biggest churches at that time they had over a thousand people was there. I have ancestors that were born in Leyden in Holland, and then therefore came back to England, and then ended over coming over on the Mayflower. There are two ships, the Mayflower and the Speedwell. The Speedwell sprung a leak, so only the Mayflower came over. But before the Mayflower landed on the shores of America at Plymouth Rock, they made a Mayflower Compact. In that Mayflower Compact, it said that those people were here had come to propagate the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ before they even landed on shore. So this nation is founded on biblical principles. This nation was founded to bring the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ around the world. Amen. Now, so I came over on the Mayflower. Maybe some of you, your ancestors, came over on a slave ship. Or maybe some of them came across the Rio Grande River. But when I came here, I met a full-blooded Navajo lady. And she said this to me when I told her my Mayflower story. She said, oh, you were one of the first wetbacks. And I thought, good for you, lady. Everything's put in perspective, right? They were here first. The Native Americans were here first. Isn't that cool? So I just wanted to tell you all that. I just think it's an interesting story. Amen. Okay, Second Corinthians 5. Look at verse 20. I'm in the New King James. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's what we are. If we're born-again believers, then we're ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you in Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. Now, an ambassador, a definition of an ambassador, is an accredited diplomat sent by a country. So we're all ambassadors, right? The Bible tells us we're ambassadors. So what country have we sent here by? We've been sent here from the country of heaven. 
We're down here, right? We are God's official representative here on earth. And we came to this, the foreign country. What is the foreign country? It's earth. We were sent from heaven to earth. We are ambassadors of Christ sent to earth. Why are we here? We're here to propagate the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a person who acts as a representative or a promoter of a specific, specific, specific activity, that's us. In this case, we are promoting the activity of the word of God. Okay? This, this word here, the word that you should have in your hand, this Bible that you have, should have in your hand, this is it, man. Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, the, and God Almighty said, I am the Lord. I change not. So just because we live in 2020 does not make this word obsolete. you got to get that. He's a whole lot smarter than we are. He created this whole thing. He knows what we're doing, and we're smart if we hang on to God and hang on to his word so that we can be smart too. Amen? All right. So the Bible has a lot to say about government. I'm just going to throw out some scripture to you. I don't want you to look at it, but write them down. Uh, 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2 talks about government. 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 1 and 2 talks about government. 1 Timothy, slow down, right? I'll say it again. 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 and 2. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. And there's a whole lot more. If you stop to think about it, the whole Bible talks about governments and politics. Look at Daniel. He got thrown in the lion's den for political reasons, correct? He did. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They got thrown into the lion's den because of political issues. So you can't say that, you know, there's no politics in the Bible. Duh, there is. It's from cover to cover. So whatever, whoever fed you that lie, you can just kind of bury that one, you know, in the backyard now because that's not so. Okay. And when political stuff clashes with the word of God, then it becomes... Our duty as pastors to talk about it. Amen. Back in the, you know, I talked about back in the founding days of our, of our forefathers, people that wrote the Declaration of Independence and the Constitutions were, a lot of them were pastors. I just want to recommend somebody to you. If you've never heard of David Barton, B-A-R-T-O-N, look him up. Um, he's a Christian historian. He has, he's from Texas. He has within his his property, 70,000 documents from early American history that nobody really sees unless he tells people about them. Um, one of them is he has, a, you know, and if, you, if you go to public school now, they'll tell you that Thomas Jefferson was a deist. Thomas Jefferson was not a deist. You know why? Because David Barton has a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to his wife talking about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, see, a lot of times we've been fed a lie. And I'm a truth person, man. I hate to be lied to. I hate to be told the lies. I love truth. And I'm a truth seeker. That's why I love Jesus, because I heard about Jesus and I sought him out. And Jesus is the truth. And it's the same thing with our with our American history. 
We need to find what is the truth because you've been lied to for years. And so anyway, if you want to know about some awesome stuff about American history, look up David Barton. He's written lots of wonderful books. And I'm going to talk about one of the books that, that he has written about to explain separation of church and state in a minute. I'm going to talk about that. So um, we're going to talk today about what does the Word of God have to say on certain topics that are biblical, that are also political. I'm going to hand out to you, have the ushers hand out to you a packet at the end of the service. In it, this is one of the things, it says party platform comparisons. It's got the Republican and the Democratic platform. There's two sides to it. And these are all biblical issues, but I'm not going to cover all of them that they've covered. But they will, they took, this is from the Family Research Council. You can write that down. If you ever want to Google some truth stuff, look up Family Research Council. Tony Perkins out of Washington, D.C. It has comments made from the Republican platform on the sanctity of life. Comments made from the Democratic platform on the sanctity of life. You need to know what these political parties stand for. Because you may think, that chair, let's, let's just talk about President Trump. Let's just talk about Vice President Joe Biden. You look at these two men and you get all concerned about their personalities. But what you don't think about is the huge entire platform that is in back of them. That's their belief system. Joe Biden's, his, his political beliefs are in the Democratic platform. President Trump's political beliefs are in the Republican platform. And we get caught up, and that comes all the way down to state, county, and city governments. What is the platform? What does it say? And that's why I'm talking about platforms today. You need to know what these people believe. You need to know what they stand for because some of it's good, some of it's appalling. And so anyway... You know, you can look up uh, the Republican platform and the Democratic platform on your computer. You know, I don't print them up because they're like anywhere from 75 to 150 pages. But you can sit there at your computer and you can read them. You know, the, Democrat, the Republican platform is the same as the platform from 2016. They didn't change their platform. It's the same. Republic, the Democratic platform is different. But it's an eye-opener for you to sit there and just read it. You may not be able to sit there all at the same time and read it because it gets kind of dizzy after a while, but it's there. It's there for you to see. Okay, okay, so the first issue, what does the Word of God have to say about abortion? The Word of God is not at all silent on abortion at all. I could go forever on, on this topic because... That's my first issue. If you're not, if you're not, you know, you got to be pro-life, man. <laughs> you got to save these babies. Over 62 million babies have been aborted. 62 million babies have been aborted in the United States of America as of 2018. Now, not only to make matters worse, but the United States of America has also funded abortions in other nations. I have no idea. How many babies from other nations that the United States of America has promoted abortions in? I have no clue. But just in America alone, 62 million. Here's a, here's a baby statistic. When the baby's in the womb, and we believe that, babe, that uh, life begins at conception, when that sperm meets that egg, life begins. And I'll prove that to you from the Word of God in a minute. A baby's heartbeat begins 
at five weeks in the womb. Five weeks in the womb, baby heartbeat that can be detected. Most abortions take place after five weeks, after a baby's heartbeat is already beating. It has been proven that an unborn child at 20 weeks or earlier can feel pain. Can feel pain. I wish we didn't have kids in here, but maybe they won't listen to me. An unborn child can feel itself being ripped apart in the womb, can feel that pain. And I am believing in Jesus' name that that is the issue that's going to reverse Roe v. Wade that I've been fighting since 1970 when they implemented it. Because in that big old thing of Roe v. Wade is a a statement that says, loosely paraphrased according to me because I'm not a lawyer, if at some point it is shown scientifically that other things can be shown, you know, about the unborn child, then this can be reversed. Hey, open door. I always think of it this way. If an unborn child is having its body parts pulled apart, how would you as an adult like to have your body parts pulled apart? Just asking. There's no difference in it. Now, the choice that you make, you know, you hear about pro-choice. This is your choice. Keep your pants zipped up and your legs together. It's called abstinence. America is full of immorality for a lot of reasons. Because they kicked God out, you know, years ago. Because Hollywood portrays it. TV portrays it. That's why you can't watch half that stuff or go to half those movies. You know, 99 and 9 tenths of those movies. Because of the immorality that is portrayed. And so everybody thinks, well, that's the way we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live together. We're supposed to have all this premarital la, 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 la. Abstinence, number one. Number two, there is such a thing as birth control. There's a lot of different methods of birth control. But abortion is not birth control. Abortion is murder. Now, I'm going to prove this to you from the Word of God. Okay, you ready for this? Okay, the first scripture we're going to look at is Psalms 139, verses 13 through 18 in the New Living Translation, and I'm presuming it's up there. Nope, that's not it. Who's working back there in the the media? Okay, I need Psalms 139, 13 through 18 in the New Living Translation. Thank you. You are going to get this, the copies of all these things in your packet I'm giving you out to. So listen to this. You, meaning God, made all the delicate inner parts of my body. Say, God made all the inner parts of my body. Say it. And knit me, to, knit me together in my mother's womb. Where? In your mother's womb, right? Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. Isn't that beautiful? He's watching these unborn babies being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. 
How precious are your thoughts towards me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even counter I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, you are still there with me. How awesome is God? How awesome is the life of an unborn child? Listen to this. Jeremiah 1.5. This is in the New King James. This is the Lord speaking to the prophet Jeremiah said, before God says to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, this is before conception even took place, before I even formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were even born, I sanctified you, and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Wow. Is God awesome or what? Yes, he is. You know, in Luke 144 in the New King James Bible, Elizabeth, if you look this up, is so cool. Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, goes to see Elizabeth. So Elizabeth's carrying John the Baptist. Mary's carrying Jesus, the Son of God. And it says, For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, Elizabeth said, the baby, John the Baptist, leaped in my womb for joy. John the Baptist, as an infant inside, recognized Jesus, the Son of God, inside Mary, the mother of Jesus. Wow. Is that powerful or what? That's awesome. You know, children can hear in the womb. You know, they've proven that too. They can hear. You know why we know this personally as pastors? Because if you're a parent and you come to church here every time the doors open, there's a bunch of you in here now. we got, what, seven babies that are born recently? They hear pastor preaching. He's the main voice, and now it's Pastor Dave. They hear them in the womb. And when they come into the service for the first time, even when they're a little bitty, they, they, you know, Pastor Dave or Pastor will go up and talk to them. Those little babies brighten right up. Why? They recognize the voice. Because they've heard the word of God for nine months. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> God's so awesome. Okay. Proverbs 6.17. New King James. I'm just going to go to one source in there. There's six things the Lord hates. And then it goes on to say no seven. And one of them is hands that shed innocent blood. There's nothing more innocent than an unborn baby, right? Exodus 20:13 New King James specifically says, "You shall not murder." You shall not murder. It's plain as a nose on your face. Another topic that we're going to talk about is children. Let's look at Matthew 18:16 for a minute. Matthew 8, 6, not Matthew 18, 6. I'll get it in a minute. Matthew 18, 6. Jesus says this about children. We've gone from infants. Now we're talking, you know, the unborn. I'm talking about children now. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Recently, California passed Senate Bill 145. And I got, I got a copy of it in this little packet I'm giving it to you. Not the whole thing, but just a thing on it. 
Senate Bill 145 has changed or implemented a law that says a 24-year-old can have sex with a 14-year-old. Homosexual type stuff, too. Now, you can't tell me that a 14-year-old, they can be coerced and manipulated by a 24-year-old, but they can't make a conscious decision at 14 years old on whether they want to have sex with somebody or not. But the state of California, remember I said blessed is the state whose God is the Lord? The state of California just passed Senate Bill 145 that says if a 24-year-old can have sex with a 14-year-old, 10-year difference. But they're also working on changing the age of consent to 10 years old. Now, I tell you all the time, you need to watch your children. I mean, don't let them even walk down the street without you. None of the above. Watch them if they're in the yard. I mean, you can't even hardly let them play in the front yard. But, you know, you've got to watch your children. Sex trafficking is a horrible issue in America. Dr. Barkley, our pastor, y'all, most of you know Dr. Barkley, told me a couple of years ago, and I was shocked, and I thought, I don't know if that's true or not. He said one of the main ways that America makes money is through sex trafficking. And I thought to myself, what? And I just kind of put it on the shelf. But since then, I've found out that's true. People are so perverted nowadays that they're having relationships with infants. Sick people. I'm going to jump down to... uh, Something that has to do with children. It's called the Equality Act. The Equality Act was passed in 1964, which was a great thing. The Equality Act of 1964 gave equal, equal, black and white is equal. That was the Equality Act. Perfect, beautiful, beautiful. But they're trying to change that now. One party is trying to change that now, the Equality Act. You know, it sounds good. you got to watch out, too, because they'll trick you. They'll put some nice... You know, ponies and waterfalls and everything on the name of a bill. And it sounds good, but if you read it, it's horrible. So you've got to be watchful about what it is that they're naming stuff. So on to the Wonderful Equality Bill Act of 1964, they're adding this. And I've got a copy of that, I think, in your packet, too. They are saying, they want to say... That transgender males can participate in female sports. You know, they've been doing that, and I think it's disgusting. You know why? Because some, my daughter-in-law, Melissa, for instance, she got a full, she's a, she's a doctor, not a medical doctor, but she has a doctorate degree, and she teaches um, um, at uh, Indiana Wesleyan University in Indiana. She got a full-ride scholarship for softball. Took her through regular college, you know, other college, and then when she got her doctorate degree, because of softball. Now, if there had been, you know, Pete Rose or somebody back in the day playing softball against Melissa, whatever her maiden name was, I forget, Miller, it's Cook now, do you think that she would have gotten that scholarship? 
That's not fair. Males need to be playing with males and females need to be playing with females. Under the Equality Bill, too, you've heard about this is the joint bathrooms and showers. You've heard about that garbage. Well, they're trying to put it in there. One of the platform talks about LGBTQ, and now they've got a plus sign after it. So what the plus sign indicates is everybody that is has all these sexual things, they're trying to include pedophiliates, whatever you call them, in that too now. That pedophiles have rights. That's what the plus is there for. Now, I don't think pedophiles have rights. It doesn't say a word about the little people that they're abusing, does it? You know, it doesn't say that. But pedophiles, there's some kind of a sexual identity thing, and, and they have rights. I don't think so. That's the Equality Act. Jesus said, Matthew 18:6, whoever harms one of these little ones, it would be better for a millstone to be hung around their necks. You ever seen a millstone? Millstone is a big cement thing with a hole in the middle that they used to grind corn with. It's better for them to be have that thrown over their head and them thrown into the sea. That's what God says about children. Israel. Genesis 12:3. Pastor Dave alluded to this to begin with. God said, I will bless those who bless you, Israel. And I will curse those who curse you, Israel. And in you, Israel, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So if we're smart, that's called being a sheep nation. A sheep nation is a nation that stands with Israel. A goat nation is a nation that does not stand with Israel. And so we want to be, we want America to be a sheep nation. We want to support Israel. Amen. Marriage. Look at Genesis 2, verse 24. Genesis 2.24. Anything that's mentioned in Genesis, it's called the, the law of first mention. You'll see the first murders in Genesis, the first this is in Genesis, the first everything's in Genesis. That's called the law of first mention. And when God talks about that, that means that that is his position. This is God's position on marriage right from the get-go. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Therefore, a man... A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And they shall become one flesh. Man and a woman, one flesh. So what's God's definition of marriage? Man and a woman. Right? i got to tell you a story. You know, most of you know my son Joseph Marini is in New York. He had to go to the doctor the other day for something about his finger. He said, Mom, you would not believe the form I had to fill out. Usually you go to the doctor for the first time, you know, and they want all your history, your family history. 
He said, Mom, they didn't even ask me my family history. You know what they asked me? They asked me, what were you biologically born as? Next question, what do you identify yourself as today? What do you want to be called? He, she, or it? Sexual identity. Look at back up one chapter, Genesis 1. Verse 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. A male and a female can have a baby. Two males can't have a baby. Two females can't have a baby. It's possible. This is God's will on sexual identity. It doesn't matter what the courts say. When politics and laws smack up against the Bible, we go with the word. Amen. I already talked to you about the Equality Act. Let's see. School choice. You know, if you're a grandparent, you don't probably even think about school choice, but it's a big deal. Um, one of the platforms is for school choice, and one of the platforms is not for, for school choice. But there's also a word on this. Look at Third John, verse 4, way back there by the book of Revelation. Third John. This is about school choice. How many of you know that, you know, what was it, the 60s? They quote-unquote kicked God out of school. You all remember that? The results have been horrible. When you kick God out, who comes in? The devil. i got to tell you about a movie Pastor and I saw. This is... Sidebar, Pastor and I like to watch old stuff because we don't like the new stuff, okay, because too much junk in it. So we were, we were watching a Turner Classic Network, a movie called Bright Road. And the actress, it was, a, it was an African-American, it was a black movie. The actress in it was uh, uh, Danielle Donaldson, something like that. She, this was before segregation, before, before, you know, before they mixed the, everybody would go to the same school. So this was about a black school, and she was a school teacher, and then, uh, some famous actor was the principal of the school. And the story was about this little black boy who came from a family of, I don't know, 10 or 11. And the child ended up being brilliant. He, therefore he had a bright road. But, um, he didn't pay attention in school. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. It didn't seem as though. But when it came to his math and stuff like that, he could do it in his head. And she didn't know he could do it in his head. The teacher didn't until she saw him helping another child. And she didn't know that she, he didn't know she was looking. 
Bright Road. But in that movie, Bright Road, this was back in the day when God was still in the schools. And this just blessed me so, because I remember being then in school back in the day when God was still in the schools. In the movie, it was Christmas time. And all the children got out the nativity scene. And all the children were singing Christmas carols. Not just Christmas carols, but away in a manger. You know, the Jesus stuff in the school. And I thought, that's the way it was. Perfect picture of the way it was. You ought to look that movie up. It's called Bright Road. And you will see God in the American education system like it used to be. And if you've never, if you don't go to a Christian school, you'll be amazed at how beautiful and how precious it was back then. That's been stolen from us. Let's look at, did I, did we even read this? We didn't even read this yet. Third John 4, John, third John verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. How many of you moms have been forced to, like, quote-unquote, homeschool your kids because your kids aren't in school? How many of you moms out there? How many of you people have been appalled at the curriculum that they've come home with? These guys here, they were going to the Christian school. Then they came here. They're not going to the Christian school right now, but talk about shock to your system. Whoa, 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 you know. And then for you parents that really haven't paid any attention to what they're teaching you in school, all of a sudden, you're saying, good Lord, my kids are learning this in school. And that's why America is such a mess as it is now, because you've been, your kids have been taught communism for the last I don't know how many years. That, that, that's true. Especially in your public universities. Look at Psalm 78. People that are not for school choice do not want children to be taught anything but what the public system wants them taught. Plus, they want the school books. People that are for school choice are people that are saying, I will send my child to the public school or I will send my child to the Christian school or I will send my child here or I will send my child. It's their choice. Psalm 78, verses 2 through 4. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known And our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children. I'm talking about education. Telling to the generations to come the praises of the Lord and about his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. That's what God wants in education. Flip back to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Verses 9 and 10. Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen 
unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life. And teach them to your children and to your grandchildren, especially concerning the day you stood before the Lord your God in Horeb, when the Lord said to me, Gather the people to me, and I will let them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children. God wants Bible. God wants prayer. God wants back in schools. That's why when you look on your little platform thing, you can tell who's for school choice and who isn't. Why is it important? Because the Bible says it's important. God says it's important. Okay, I'm going to talk about separation of church and state for a minute. Oh, brother. Separation of church and state has been taken way wrong for years. And so most people have the belief that we are not supposed to be involved in government things as Christians. But that's a lie. It's the other way around, and I'll tell you why. The, the, the very words separation of church and state are not found in our Constitution. Our founding fathers did not want America to be like England, where they had come from, where they were forced to have the religion of the Church of England. They wanted religious freedom. They wanted to be able to worship God as they could. So when they made the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, all this kind of stuff, I told you before, a lot of them were pastors. They did not want the government interfering with their Christianity. Loosely paraphrased, government, you stay out of our churches. Churches, you have free, you are free to go do whatever you need to with the government. But see, we've been lied to. And I've heard the saying that if you're lied about, if you're lied about something about three times, you're going to believe it as truth. That's why all across America, people think that the separation of church and states means that the Christians have to stay out of the government. That is a lie. Why do they say that? Because they don't want our Christianity. They don't want our Bible in their sin pot pit. Right? I mean, it's the truth, you know. Hallelujah. So, once again, all of these issues that I talked about are on this, are on the platforms here. I said the platforms. Platform. The platform, see? Platforms are lists of beliefs. This is what they believe. And I'm going to tell you something else that has uh, really ticked me off. Pastor doesn't like it when I say that word, but it does. There's a new trick out there politically, especially locally, where they do not tell you the political party of who is running for mayor, city council, school board. They're not telling you what their party is. Now, somebody made the comment to me online. Um, well, you know, they're not doing that because they want everything to be, what's the word, nonpartisan. The thing of it is, 
Everybody's got a belief system. Everybody has a belief system. And how do you know whether candidate X lines up with your belief system if you don't know what platform backs them? Because even if they're running for school board, city council, mayor, they have a belief system. They do belong to some political party. They're just not telling you. They make it real hard for you to find out. But this is how you can find out. One person that's running for, I mean, I don't even live in Barstow anymore, but it concerns me. Because I'm concerned for you who live in Barstow. So I was looking up this woman the other day that's running for, uh, I think she's one of the mayoral candidates. Huh? And I, lo- I wanted to find out what party she was from. And I could find it nowhere. I googled her name. I googled all this stuff. I couldn't find it anywhere. But it did have her phone number down there. I thought, aha. If worse comes to work, she call him up on the phone. And if you just don't want to come out and say, what, what party are you affiliated with? You can ask him a, a platform question. That's what Pastor Dave did. He called one of them. Found out they're pro-choice. They believe in butchering babies. So, you want to vote for them? Let me tell you something else that they do. They may be running for dog catcher. I don't think we have a dog catcher thing. This I'm just being facetious. They may be running for dog catcher. Next year, they may be running for governor of California. I'm serious. They use this as a way to bump up their... And I'm seeing it in Barstow. If you have not voted yet, you need to find out who are these people. Who are they? <laughs> it takes a whole lot of research sometimes, you know, and I spend a lot of time doing this and I think, why don't they just tell you up front, you know? They don't want to tell you up front because they don't want you to know. Um, if you need to know something, Google stuff. Things that you can Google. Family Research Council. Excellent. Even Billy Graham Association. Excellent. American Renewal Project is excellent. Uh, Value Voters is another thing you can look up. These are all organizations that you can look up and, you know, if you're having trouble, man, where are these people, you know, where, what, 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 what? You can look that up and it'll tell you. This came from, what did I say, Family Research Council. And I love this because instead of me sitting there trying to read 150 pages of the one of the platforms and going back to 2016 and digging up the other one, they did it for me. The issue, religious liberty, international religious liberty, God and government, the courts, sex education, education choice, social experimentation in the military. I didn't even know that was going on. Uh, Sanctity of human lives. Redefining marriage, LGBT agenda, you know, and all that stuff that I mentioned before, abortion and that issue, uh, conscience and rights and health care. 
But they quote right from the platform. Isn't that awesome? So anyway, I want to challenge you. I really want to challenge you. As born-again believers, we are ambassadors for Christ. This is our standard. This is it right here. This is the will of God. Right here. He does not change. It does not change. And I want to, I want to, I want to encourage you and challenge you to be informed. Things aren't like they used to be. The political platforms are not like what they used to be. You need to find out. Because we are casting our vote as ambassadors for Jesus. It's like Pastor said a couple months ago. Can you take Jesus into the voting booth with you and him approve of your vote? Bottom line. Amen. So I'm going to have my ushers pass out a packet to every adult. Again, Once again, in it is all the scriptures that we went over this morning. In it is... Uh, that California bill one Senate bill 145 about the sex garbage <laughs> that that they just passed and you've got your platform thing in there and then there's something else in there so take it home look at it pray over it you know take Jesus into that voting booth with you man cuz it's important amen pastor day thank you for listening to this podcast For more information, visit hdwc.org.